Welcome to beautiful Glenny Gymnasium in the Athletic Center here on the campus of Monmouth College. We've got Monmouth College men's and women's basketball on the Prairie Communications Sports Network, our first college broadcast. Oddly, uh, the Monmouth Knox game a little later in the season. So we've got today's broadcast between these two close rivals in the Midwest Conference. Then I think uh, about another week, maybe about 10 more days, we'll have these two teams on the air again over in Galesburg at Knox College. So it's good to get some college basketball on the air. And this first one should be a good one between the Fighting Scots men and the the, uh, Prairie Fire men. Both teams battling for one of those top four spots in the Midwest Conference to get into that conference tournament at the end, just the top four teams go. Right now, looking at the standings on the men's side of the Midwest Conference, Illinois College on top at 9-1. Grinnell College at eight and two, then Knox College in third place at five and four. Now Beloit College at six and five, and then Monmouth College just out of the top four right now by about a half a game behind the uh, Beloit College, uh, the Buccaneers, and not they're a uh, half a game behind Knox as well for the third spot. So things are tightening up here in the Midwest Conference for men's basketball. So today, not only is it a rivalry game between these two schools, separated literally by 25 minutes between the door of the Huff Athletic Center. And the uh, gymnasium at Knox College, it's about 25 minutes. So not only is it a local, another chapter in a long local rivalry, it means a lot in the Midwest Conference right now with everything log jammed in the, uh, in the middle of the conference there. So it should be a good one today. This is the Kellogg Printing Pre-Game Show. Kellogg Printing Company Incorporated has been on the public square in Monmouth since 1924. Kellogg Printing is a full-service commercial printer serving local and nationwide clients. Broadcasting from the Victorious Furniture Broadcast booth. Quality furniture at an affordable price located in Monmouth, Illinois. Game powered by the United Way of Greater Warren County, where 100% of your donations directly impact our communities. I'm going to be joined by Nathan Believa here uh, once the game uh, tips off here from Glenny Gymnasium. And Nathan's going to bring you the ball game, and I'll provide a little color analytics for, uh, for Mr. Believa. Uh, he's the voice of the Scots here, the Sports Information Director. Can't wait to hook up with, with uh, Mr. Believa, a former minor league baseball play-by-play guy, so that seems like I learned something every time we, we get a chance to share the airwaves a little bit. The Scots taking the floor right now to finish up their warm-ups, about six minutes on the clock. So we're going to go to our pregame coaches interview brought to you by Monmouth Farm and Home Realty. If you're ready to buy or sell your home, list it and get it sold with Monmouth Farm and Home Realty. Call them at 734-6600 or check them out online at monmouthfarmandhomerealty.com. I got a chance to catch up with head coach of the Monmouth College Fighting Scots, Todd Strosev, in his 13th season here at Monmouth College, a winner of 130 games so far in his career, and uh, I'm sure a lot more to come. We'll come back with that pregame interview in 30 seconds. Welcome back to Beautiful Glenny Gymnasium as we finish up our Kellogg Printing pregame show. Just actually saw Buster Kellogg walk into the gymnasium today, so our sponsor is here. We should just have him on here for the pregame show. Uh, starting line is being announced right now, brought to you by your mom with Area McDonald's. We'll quickly go through the Knox Prairie Fire men's starting lineup. Andrew Below, a 5'10 junior. Chickory and Wilson, a uh, 6'1 sophomore. Sean Gallery, a 6'4 junior. Cole Andrews, a 6'5 sophomore. 6'9 junior, John O'Neill. Finishes up the uh, starting lineup for the Knox College Prairie Fire, coming in at 12-6. and six. Head coach by Ben Davis in his fifth season with the Prairie Fire. For the Scots, Jordan Hill, a 6'1 junior. David Williams, a 6'1 senior. Kyle Taylor, a 6-foot sophomore. Declan Flynn, a United High School product, 6'5 junior. And Turner Plummer from Camp, a 6'5 sophomore. That's your starters. I'm going to turn things over to the man himself, the voice of the mighty Scots, Mr. Nathan Believa. How you doing, my man? Good, Sean. How you doing? Good fantastic, to see you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's get some basketball yeah, going. I'm glad we got a pretty full gym here tonight, especially uh, on this side of the gym. We've got uh, the, the Knox student broadcasters over there. We've got 
uh, Dan Nolan in the house. You mentioned Buster Kellogg in the house. We got a, uh, a ton of uh, celebrities and in, uh, in, in big names here today. It's Mammoth Knox. Mammoth Knox. more needs that, right? Right. We're ready to go, and both teams right in there battling for a spot, and Knox wins the tip. Not only tonight, but these teams are going to meet up again in a week and a half over in Galesburg. That game's on February 6th, so it's going to be a turnover there by Knox stepping on the end line. This is, this is, this is always a big rivalry anyway, let alone the, the, the proximity as they are in the standings right now. Yeah, it's absolutely, and, and we're going to have two games in 10 days, and Kyle Taylor with that fresh haircut, number 15 <laughs> out there for the uh, Fighting Scots, gives it up. Jordan Hill, right wing, Declan Flynn. Looking inside for Turner Plummer. Instead, it's out to Williams. A couple of rough shooting days in a row for Williams. See if he can get going early. It's Taylor. Taylor dribble drive. Layup is no good. Ooh, Battling contact. through contact and no call there. A lot of contact and not a whole lot of straight up uh, rule of verticality there by the very fire either. And another turnover by Knox as they travel. Knox wearing their black uniforms. You can barely read the purple lettering on the front of those uh, black uniforms. And then they got the gold numbers. Uh, which are fortunately nice and bright on the back of those jerseys. And the Fighting Scots wearing their traditional home whites with the red numbers and the red lettering. And Kyle Taylor bringing the ball up the floor. Wasn't sure what kind of defense we'd seen. Knox and Mamas has struggled against the zone the last couple of games, including losses to Lawrence, Lake Forest, and Cornell. But looks like Knox playing straight up man-to-man here early. Good to see David Williams healthy back on the floor. Healthier, I might say. Yeah, there's been a fair share of injuries. Uh, David Williams had the heel bruise that, that cost him to miss uh, about a month of action. You've arrived Sid Hugh with a high ankle sprain. He's now coming off the bench. He got hurt on November 14th, missed almost two months of action. I believe Brennan McNally will play today. I see him dressed over there. He's missed the last couple of games with a concussion. As David Williams makes the free throw, used every part of the rim there. Uh, for Williams, who's a 71% free throw shooter. Scott as a team, kind of middle of the pack in the uh, Midwest Conference. Yeah, right right in the middle in a, in a lot of the categories, actually up yeah. and down uh, throughout the entire uh, stat. Whatever you look at, you see Mammoth, for the most part, in that 4-7 to seven range. Not Nothing too bad, but nothing too great either. And you always have to remember when you look at the offensive stats in this conference, you got to throw out Grinnell because uh, they're going to blow everybody away in, in those. And there's a steal down low by Flynn and Plummer. Plummer knocked it away. Flynn came up with it. Yeah, their rebounding numbers are out of whack. Their scoring is out of whack. And uh, and also their uh, their free throw attempts as well. So you kind of got to take them out. Here's Taylor for three, top of the key short. And the yeah, you always got to look at, when you look at conference stats, how many times have they played Grinnell so far? Right, exactly. <laughs> Again, they miss, and Knox hasn't gotten a shot off yet. They've had all sorts of trouble on the offensive end now with four turnovers. Mammoth unable to take advantage, though, with just two points. Plummer double-teamed and threw it away. Declan Flynn didn't go for that ball. He thought it was touched, and the referee right in front of him said, nope, no touch. That's out off Plummer. Turnovers are such a huge part of the game of basketball, obviously, Mr. Obvious stating that fact. It's the points off turnovers that matter. Yeah, really big. What do you do with it? And so far, as we mentioned here in, in this one, Mammoth with the uh, the four turnovers that have been given to them by Knox, but have uh, not done anything with it except for the two free throws. Neither team's made a field goal yet. Mammoth 0 for 2, and Knox has not attempted one. Oh, a little follow away from the ball here on Williams. Didn't I just have to be looking off the ball there? 
and uh, didn't see a whole lot there. It looked like they called him for two hands, which you you can't do anymore at the college level while playing defense. And inbounds here, it comes to Sean O'Neill. He's a 6'9 junior. I got to get used to going back to the old, the traditional 17,000-and-a-half thing. High school's with everything right. over. That's right. <laughs> drive it. Dribble drive. Layup is good. And a late foul call will give Knox a chance at a three-point play. And the lead here, I think that foul was on Flynn. It is his second, both on this possession, for Monmouth. That's uh that's a good move there by Sean Gallery. Actually, leads the uh, Knox College Prairie Fire and Scoring, who who put up about seventy five points a game. That's not that's not terrible. Yeah, they're right. You know, they're right there, seventy five point one. They give up sixty nine. Mama scores sixty nine and gives up seventy. So, <laughs> I would imagine today's game is going to be somewhere in that seventy five to seventy two range is what you see off of those numbers. And here's Hill, Flynn for three up top. No rebound. Grabbed by Knox and a. Cold shooting start here early for Monmouth. Yeah, getting the turnovers again, like you said, and not taking advantage of them, and you hope that doesn't come back to bite you late in the ballgame. Dribble, nice pass over to O'Neal and got it off glass and good for the layup, and Monmouth's going to have trouble stopping that play inside if he gets that open. 6'9's pretty big, even in the Midwest Conference for sure. Probably one of the taller players in the Midwest Conference. Scott do have some height to match him in Max Maring, who is 6'7", and he's going to the scores table right now. Williams to Plummer. Plummer free throw line. Out to Williams. Wing three ball. In and out. Rebound Plummer with O'Neal on his back. Then challenged O'Neal and got it to go off glass. That's a very strong take by Turner Plummer. Talking to Coach Griffiths before the ball game, he was he had a lot to say about Turner Plummer and how he's kind of been carrying him here lately while we had had some cold shooting woes going on. But he, he had nothing but good things to say about Turner Plummer. Yeah, he has uh, really carried the inside load for the team this year, both rebounding and scoring at times. And now he's got his hands full with O'Neal. Went around him, but stepped on the inline or maybe both. It's a turnover by Knoxon. Mammoth will have Jason Huber out of Carpentersville, Illinois. Subs in for Kyle Taylor. Huber, 6'2", sophomore, is averaging 4.5 points per game. But he has the highest plus-minus on the Mammoth roster. Almost doubled the next best player as far as uh, the Mammoth scoring margin when he's on the floor. Declan Flynn also came out 6'7", Max Merrigan. Not often this year has Coach Scripps has played Marrying and Plummer at the same time, but with Knox's height, that'll happen today. Plus, minus bringing a little hockey into the uh, into the broadcast today. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's Jay Hill out to Williams for the wing three. Good. Big he needed that. Big shot by Williams. Good to see him get at least one of his first couple shots to go with with the shooting struggles that he's been he having. He can be a very streaky shooter. Last year's newcomer of the year in the Midwest Conference. Now a 7-5 Monmouth lead. Knox with the ball into the corner. Gallery with the dribble drive. Kicks it out now. And it goes to back to Gallery. He's layup no good. And Marion grabs the rebound there. Good contest there by the Scots on the uh, drive by the, the uh, talented Gallery on the offensive end. Gallery's been a handful his two years in the conference. Now a junior. They swing it over to Hill, left side, Monmouth ball. 15 minutes to go, first half action. Williams lobbed it in. Marion said he was being held, couldn't go get it. Coming away with it is Cole Andrews. Knox 
They passed up the three ball. Now they'll take a long jumper. That is a two. It's a long two for Nuasu, 6'1 sophomore. Fourth shot in basketball at this point is the long two, right? Yeah, <laughs> foot on the line. Not what you want. But we're tied at seven. Maring holds the plumber. Plumber now with Andrews on him. Instead of O'Neal, drives. Ended up being double teamed. Couldn't get it to go. Rebound knocks. Nuasu. Now it goes back to O'Neal. Gallery. Gallery faked the three. Andrews corner three ball. No. Rebound Williams. Good Williams, job, despite Williams being a guard, is a very good rebounder among Mama's leaders in that category. Here's Williams back to Plummer. Now Hill. Good screen there. And just couldn't quite see Williams on the back cut. Mary's got to be careful, too, because he was almost moving on that screen. Hill gets it back into the lane. Three ball, Huber. Nope. Rebound for the Prairie Fire. Gallery grabbed that one. Second one that looked like it might uh, might go down, so the Scots are just a hair off here early on in this ballgame. 7-7 seven, seven game. We've played almost seven minutes. One of the longest. Ooh, is there's a foul underneath. This is one of the longest continuously played rivalries in all of Division Three basketball. Joining their football counterparts That's in that right. long stretch. The, uh, the Scots don't have the uh, winning streak that the football team has. Correct. <laughs> the, the one difference on this side is you play twice a year instead of once. So you're saying the winning streak for football would be up near 40? Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. doubled it up to like 50 <laughs> of them, right? Knox had a couple subs. They get the ball in here, and they get it to one of those new players off glass. No good. Rebound for Russell Wright. Back up and in, and a foul. So Russell Wright just checked it, just checked in and got two shots on that possession. They also brought in 21 Joshua Stewart and 15 Cade Windham. Cole yeah. Andrews went to the bench. Sean O'Neill went to the bench. They got Wright listed at 6'6", but he's got some long arms. Makes him more like a 6'7", 6'8", post player. He's got some really stretched there. Free throw is good. Aiden Derry also came in. So Gallery was the only player who stayed on the floor for Knox. They now lead 10-7. Here's Huber, gives it back over McNally, who just subbed in for Monmouth. Missed the last three games with a concussion. Taylor. Taylor, dribble drive, turnaround, no. Rebound McNally. And now Hill, back out Taylor. Taylor gets it back left side. Taylor, dribble drive out the hill. Three ball, top of the key. No, rebound grabbed by Knox. Online, just a little short again for the Scott. Knox with it out front. They've got a three-point lead, 12.35 to go, first half. Dumped it down. That's out of bounds off Knox. Another turnover by the Prairie Fire. Great defense by McNally. Kind of stood his ground there and kind of pushed the – Prairie Fire out of the paint there. Made it a much tougher entry bat. Here's Taylor dribbling it across the timeline. Goes to Marion. And now Taylor. Corner. McNally. Back to Marion. Free throw line. Huber. Huber driving. Back out. Marion for three. Good. Big guy can hit those. He drops the triple. 
Riverdale Ram for you uh, Titan fans out there listening. You've uh, heard Kurt Marion's name on the air quite a few times. Tied up at 10 off of the Marion three. Only his fifth triple of the season. Good time for it. Good though. time for <laughs> it. Here's an answer attempt by Aiden Derry. Off glass. The bank is open on a Saturday. It's past noon. Bank's closed. That shouldn't count. Derry was one for two on the season. Knocked that one down. Here's Huber for three. No. Rebound off Maring and out of bounds. 50-50 call there. That's going to go the uh, Prairie Fires way as, uh, what was it, this Max Maring battling for the rebound. We had a pretty bad angle here. Referee's right on top of it. 50-50 call, one against Scott. Gannon Greenman in. Turner Plummer back in. Maring went to the bench, as did Huber, and they bring in Number five, I think, came in, right? Grant Gessert. Guzzard, excuse me. Into the contest for Knox. 13-10, Knox on top. Derry dumps it down low. Russell Wright spinning on McNally. And a foul called on McNally. Tough call there on McNally. Just kind of battling with uh, with Russell Wright. Looked like he had, uh, had established a pretty good position there. Ball's going to go against the scout. Officials are never wrong. It's officials appreciation week. That's right. (laughs) 13-10. The uh, Prairie Fire, the three-point lead here. They got it back on the right wing now. Trying to get it inside. Couldn't do it. A lot of steps. And now a foul on McNally. That's going to be his second in a minute. Coach Grimseth hot, thinking that uh, Knox got away with some steps there. Yeah, looks like kind of juggling the ball a little bit and taking him some steps. Yeah, tough call. I think the official got got trapped behind the defender there. Didn't quite get to see the steps, but we got a much better angle up here. <laughs> Free throws for Knox. They've hit on a couple of them so far today, and get that one as well. Not a uh, not a great free throw shooting team with, with the Prairie Fire. Only sixty percent, which is even at the collegiate levels, not great. 61% in conference play puts them eight. Mama's so today, three for three, though. Mama's done a good job getting to the line. Have have made 65 more than their opponents. Knox has made just 10 more than their opponents. They're four for four here early and lead 15 to 10, their largest lead of this first half of play. And here's Plummer, top of the key. Wanted to hand off to Taylor. Good defense, though. Now he gets it to Taylor. Taylor didn't use his plumber all that great that time, but a nice move by Plummer. Plummer spinning through the lane, got that to go, 15-12. That's why you don't set the good screen. You want the return pass. Right. Wright. <laughs> Wright's got a quick five since he checked in. Off their bench into the corner. Nowhere to go. Now it goes to... The post knocked away momentarily. Guzzer for three. No. Rebound Greenman. Greenman brings it across the timeline to Williams. Back out Flynn. And a foul down low. That's on Aiden Derry for pushing Declan Flynn or Turner Plummer, one of the two down there. I think oh. it was Plummer actually drew the foul. Only the second team foul on the Knox College Prairie Fire. Yeah. We're about halfway through the first half. Fouls are six to two and 
part of that you can credit to Knox more aggressively driving to the basket or getting the ball into the post while Mammoth shooting from the outside as they do here. Three ball, no good. Taylor, another offensive rebound. This one, Greenman. Greenman, back out Taylor. Taylor, dribble drive, shot block, and taken away. This will be a one-on-one to the basket. Layup is good for Knox and Joshua Stewart. A nice, nice contested layup from Stewart there. It looked like Scott's played some pretty good defense on, on the uh, – Kind of the open layup there. Declan Quinn just threw the ball off of the knock bench. Turnover, Monmouth. The Scots have scored 12 points in 10 minutes. Looking for some answers here early. Get something going here on the defensive end. Which they, they actually play a pretty solid defense here. 17 points for for uh, uh, Knox. is a little bit below their average here. About a quarter of the way through the ball game. Desert. Nobody guarded him. All the way into the layup, blocked in by Plummer. I don't know whose man that was, but somebody got caught up on the screens, and nobody went with Guzzer. He drove around to the top of the key and all the way in for a layup. Fortunately, Plummer blocked it out of bounds. Yeah, there was a, definitely a defensive mix-up there somewhere. Thank goodness Stump Turner Plummer was there to clean up the mess. Number two, Malott. Number 33, O'Neal back in, and they get it to O'Neal. Knox coming in, what, 12 and 6? They were predicted in the uh, preseason coaches poll. Ninth. Shot clock winding down. And shot is good. That's Wyndham. And that's one of those things, too, where sometimes you don't know who's coming back for a fifth year right now. Here's Declan Flynn into the lane. Block. Got it back to Williams. You also don't know who's coming in new. And that's what Knox has is a bunch of newcomers. Here's Taylor for three. Good. Kyle Taylor bangs down the three. Scott's needed that. Now 19-15. First bucket to Taylor. Maybe get him going a little bit too. Scott's may hopefully weather that little run there by the uh, prairie fire. That Wyndham kicks it out right. Now towards Guzzard driving in. Kicks it back out. Wyndham. He'll try a three. Good. Wyndham for three, and the lead's back to seven. Here's Williams. Down low, Plummer. Now he's doubled. Good job of dribbling out of that. Back inside, Greenman. Greenman extra pass. Taylor for three. No. Greenman kept the rebound alive, and Flynn got fouled. That's doing a pretty decent job on the offensive glass here so far. Again, Talking to Coach Scripps before the ball game, along with being very complimentary to Turner Plummer, he had some good things to say about Gannon Greenman's uh, rebounding has raised the level this year. We've already seen it a couple times today. Yeah, Mama so far, four offensive rebounds, just one for Knox. Here's Plummer. The shooting numbers are crazy different at the moment. Williams driving, spinning. Layup oh, is good off by, by David Williams. Mammoth yeah. has attempted 18 shots and made just five, 27%. Knox has only attempted 13 shots, five less, but they've made three more. Eight for 13, shooting 62%. And that three won't go. 
and the Andrews, or excuse me, O'Neal tapped the rebound to Plummer. He'll lay it up. Looked like he wanted to dunk it at the last second, just finger-rolled it into the basket. Nothing, nothing aggravates the coach more than just make a nice move and then just, just gong a, a dunk. So I'm glad he adjusted there midair. <laughs> On the right side, they get it down low. Gallery layup is good. Second time that Scott's getting called off on the backside screen. A little bit more communication out there as the guys in white. Five-point Knox lead. Seven minutes to go, first half. Declan Flynn driving in. Last time he got blocked. This time he kicks it out. Plummer jumper. Free throw line is good. The Knox people are saying that hits the uh, cord, and I'll tell you what, you can see it moving. Yes. It yeah, definitely sure did. did. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, – that helps raise the baskets up when there's no game in the gymnasium here. But you don't, you don't see many of those much anymore. There's a foul on Monmouth. Tell you what, it's the second time we've seen it at that end this year. Um, uh, excuse me, Aurora tied the game at the end of regulation on a three-pointer that hit the rim, went up, hit the cord, and fell through, sent us to overtime. That was uncalled as well. And now it happens again here, this time in Monmouth's favor. Let's say you don't, you don't see it too much anymore, so I'm sure it's something the officials and it's such a thin wire when you're when yep. you're away from the court. Free throw is good there for Malak. He is a 70% free throw shooter, second most uh, makes and attempts on their team. Declan Flynn out. It's first point for Milan, who averages what 14 and a half points a game, keeping him off the board today here so far. He gets the second one to go, and we get a timeout. We will step aside and we'll take a 60-second break here. Right now, your score 26-21. Knox Lady, the Monmouth College Fighting Scots here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network, AM 1330, FM 95.7 WRM. We'll be back in one minute. Welcome back here in the Glenny Gym. Monmouth basketball trailing 26-25. Nathan Believer and Sean Temple with you. Monmouth ball bringing it across the timeline. Here's Jordan Hill. First time we've seen some full-court pressure here by Knox. About my three-quarter court, probably. Huber subbed in at the dead ball. It looks like they've got the same five. Actually, though, they don't. Number four, Nuazu is back out there for Knox. Replacing Wyndham off Glasgow for Turner Plummer. That is a beautiful move by Plummer. Ten points here in this first half for Turner. Single-handedly keeping the Scots in this ballgame right now. 26-23. Here's Gallery off glass. No. O'Neal got the rebound, and then Hill yanked it away. There they made O'Neal put the ball on the floor, not his strength, and O'Neal turned it over to Hill. As soon as he did, Hill just reached in and just took that thing away. For you post players out there, don't bring it down into our guard's area. That's our area. Good awareness by Hill to get it. Now he passes the three over to Williams. Corner three, short rebound, knock. Cole Andrews got it away. Malat, left side. Driving through, blocked, and a foul call. Late whistle there on Max Merring. Looked pretty good up top. Must have been a little body contact there. Looked pretty good up top. That's the team's eighth foul. It'll be free throws. A uh, late whistle there, too. They've not missed at the line yet today. Six out of six. Mama, two for two. Coach Joseph had a nice little conversation with the official. I'm not sure if that's the official who called that, but that's the one that's getting the ear for it. 
couple track meet going on today for the Fighting Scots up in Grinnell. Swim eat. They finally missed a free throw. Wow, yeah. Swim duel against Illinois College going on behind us here in Monmouth at Pepper Natatorium. Senior day for five Monmouth swimmers. And the women's basketball will follow this one against Knox. Here's Plummer. Wide open. Jay Hill for three. No. Rebound pulled down by and they're running. Gallery against Williams. Layup is good. Great body controller by uh, Sean Gallery. Or, uh, yeah, Sean Gallery. Timeout, Monmouth, full timeout. We'll step aside. This time it is a full, so we'll take a 60-second break and be back here at Glenny Gymnasium. 29-23, Knox City, Monmouth. Welcome back to Monmouth here at Glenny Gym. And uh band almost drowning us out there for a moment or two. And uh, see the pet bands at the, uh, the college games. That's awful. Here's Huber to Jordan Hill against the pressure across the timeline. Maring in the corner, David Williams. 4.35 to go first half. Mama sounds six. Knox is in the bonus. Mammoth is not. Here's Maring. He'll try another three off the mark. Didn't hit the rim that time. Wide right there. Don't ever say that to a Bear fan for sure. Or, or a Bills fan. Or Here's Bills uh, fan. New Azu. Good. 4-4. Four, four. New Azu about halfway to his season average. Lead is eight now. That's their largest of the game. And Hill is fouled by Nuazu, who does not like that call. I think he was saying Hill might have pushed off a little bit there. Yeah, he was asking for that uh, the chicken wing foul to be called the other way, coming across the timeline. Taylor comes in. Williams goes out. I've seen a good good four-minute close here to this first half. Here is Kyle Taylor. Get it back across to Taylor. Dumps it into Plummer. And Plummer fouled in the post. Well, got some good results so far from the track meet. The throws are in. And Matty Boley, who went to the Nationals last year outdoor, wins both the weight throw and the foot. Season best in the weight throw. Caleb Toberman, who went to Nationals indoor last year, wins the weight throw and the shot put on the men's side. So, good uh, performances out of the throwers so far today at Grinnell. They're now onto the track with the track events. That's uh, no surprise for anybody that follows any kind of model college track and field. The throwing events have just been really solid for the Scott. Plummer, what's the call? Oh, jump ball. One referee, I think the referee in front of the Knox bench was going to call a foul, and the referee underneath called the jump ball. The Knox bench was looking for a travel. So three things could have really been called there, either <laughs> yes. up and down, a foul, or a jump ball, and it was the jump ball. So you could just split the difference. We'll just give the Scots the ball and call it even. Hill, jumper no good. He's been off the mark so far today. And that's a foul down low on Maring. Yeah, it might have been, yeah, a little, little, maybe a little body there. Looked reasonably clean up top again, but a little bit of body there by uh, Hill Barry. averaging 12.3 with zero so far today. David Williams averaging 10.3, has seven. Kyle Taylor with 11.5, has three. And Plummer averaging 10, has 10. And the free throw is good. Yeah, that's uh, only three points for, for Malo and that, for Milan, and that's, he's averages 14 and a half. No field goals yet for Andrew, but Sean Gallery, uh, well, so Russell Wright with, with, with five points, he only averages six, so. 
Marion comes out with those two fouls, and the free throw's good. They hit them both. They'll sub Russell right back in. Lead is now 10. Nine out of 10 from the free throw strike for the Prairie Fire today. And again, they are one of the well, second worst free throw shooting teams in the conference at 60%. They are hitting them today. First double, that first double digit lead we've had today. Right? It is, yep. Here is Taylor on the right wing to Plummer. Plummer driving off glass. No. McNally tipped the rebound and Knox comes away with it. They can add to their lead here. The clock will tick under three minutes to go, first half. Can't see the stop. Big, big game in the standings. Especially when you look at what Mammoth has left on the schedule. Here's a turnover. Only one home game after today. It's two weeks from today against Ripon, and in there is a road game at first place, Illinois College, a road game against this Knox team, which right now is in third place, a road game against second place, Grinnell, and a road game against the team right below is Cornell. So a very difficult schedule to finish for Monmouth. Here's Jay Hill, jumper, no, and the rebound, Knox. Scott's just just a little off today shooting the basketball. The weird thing, too, is you look at the standings. Monmouth is 2-4 and four at home in conference this year with this game and the Ripon one left. And then they're 3-1 and one on the road in conference. So it played much better on the road this season in Midwest Conference action. Which certainly is something you don't want to bank on the second half of the schedule for sure. <laughs> you feel like you've done your job on the road in the first half. You got a hold serve at home here. For yeah, that's, sure. a, that's an IC team that won here and, and has only lost uh, once at home in the last two years in conference. It's a Cornell team that won here. It's a Grinnell team we beat. And there's a free throw good. Rippon will come here. We beat them at their place. And then we've got this Knox team left over in Galesburg in 10 days' time. But another made free throw, and now Gallery gets a second. You, you hate to say it, you know, being just past the midway point, but this, this is kind of a must game for the Scots, man. They've really. Really got to get going here in this last 22-game 22, 22 minute. Missed that second free throw. They're on an 8-2 run to lead by 11. It was 26-21. Here's Plummer. Plummer into the lane. Left it short. Rebound knocked. And again, the shooting percentage is just not kind to Monmouth right now. Nine for 28. That's, uh, and, and I think on the on the flip side, uh, offensive field goal, yeah, Scott, the uh, Prairie Fire, number one in the conference shooting the ball, and they haven't really shot the ball well either. You got That's something you got to really take advantage of for a team that shoots it at, 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 at almost 50% in conference games. When they're not shooting the ball well is when you really got to take advantage of it. Your, your so, Gallery with the foul, and that's kind of a double right there. It's a turnover and a foul. Fortunately for Knox, from their point of view, not into the bonus yet for Monmouth. Yeah, next, so it's that 16 foul, the Scouts will at least get a one of the bonus. That's yep. the first time I said that this season with our first, with our first college broadcast. <laughs> Last 90 seconds, here's McNally, baseline jumper, did everything but fall. Just can't get anything to settle in, and Coach Chris is on the bench with his Hands in front of him, looking down at the floor like, what do we got to do to get this thing in the in the basket? Get another turnover. Here comes Jordan Hill. On the wing to Taylor. He'll get fire a three. No. And a push on the foul. 
or a foul on the rebound with a push. It was 26-23 the last time Mama scored at the 6.04 mark on a layup by Plummer. Plummer with uh, 10 of the 23 points here in the first half of the scout. See who the foul's going to go on. They haven't got it up on the board yet. This is the 17th foul. There it is. It's going to be Cade Wyndham. Plummer's only going to get the third and potentially fourth. Is it a shooting foul or is this just a one of the bonus? I think this is one of the bonus, I think. So it's only going to be the third, hopefully the fourth free throw for the Scott this entire first half. You brought Sidhu in for the first time today, replacing Brennan McNally. Really good to see him getting a little minutes here for the Scott still coming back from that injury. Yeah, quite sparingly in a couple games, did not play against Lake Forest on Tuesday night. Free throw no good, and rebound knocks. So Mammoth finally gets a chance at the line, misses the free throw, and knocks up 11 with the ball under a minute to play. That's 72% free throw shooter that misses the front end there. That just shows you what kind of day it's been so far for this guy. Nothing going right yet. Still got plenty of game left, though. Right. Threw it away. That went right through the wickets. And soccer, that's a nutmeg. <laughs> well, we had a hockey reference, and yeah, I like hockey. Yeah, now we we love soccer. soccer. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep us both happy here. Gets the, gets the pass right <laughs> through the, the legs of Wyndham, so gets it. The shot clock is still on. There's a five-second differential. Here's Plummer going right to the basket. Off the left hand, got it to go. Plummer with the bucket. It's a nine-point game. 20 seconds left. Knox can hold for the last shot. Great job of Turner Plummer not getting in a hurry, not panicking, getting himself set, going up with a strong shot. He might have fallen for the early count down there. Oh, but they get the rebound. We're going to get a foul underneath. The student section was chanting 3-2-1 when there was really six seconds left. He pulled the trigger and missed the three. They got the rebound, but the foul was called. On Stewart. I thought that was on Gallery, which would have been his third. Man, Wright thought he had a wide-open putback dunk there, and all of a sudden the whistles come flying, which would have been big after an early, you know, quick three there. Uh, like you said, thinking the shot clock was winding down. A quick three, the Scots could have taken advantage of it there, and now they're going to get a free throw. One and one back, the plumber now. There Makes the first. Get this down to a seven-point game, which is, was up to 11. Not too long ago, it feels like. It would be a win for the Scots in this last 30 seconds. Got it to go. He's got 14 inbounds, and that will end the half. 34-27, knocks on top of Mammoth here at halftime. They gave a lot some, some space there. I can't believe he at least didn't throw one up there from half court, but whatever. It's a seven-point lead for the Knox College Prairie Fire, 34-27. We'll take a three-minute break, come back. We'll speak with the director of athletics, Roger Haynes. we got our campus scene interview with uh, with Dwayne Bonifer, and uh, we'll have more here on the Halftime Show. We'll be back. Welcome back to beautiful Glenny Gymnasium. We're at the half of the men's game of our doubleheader here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. 34-27, Scott's trailing the Knox College Prairie Firemen in a very important game here in the Midwest Conference. We'll have our campus scene with Dwayne Bonifer coming up a little bit later in the Halftime Show, but first, 
Speaking with Director of Athletics here at Mama's College, Mr. Roger Haynes. Coach, how are you, my man? Sean, things are okay. we got to hit some three-pointers here in the second half, but other than that, it's a good day on campus. Yeah, struggled a little bit shooting the basketball, and from talking to Coach Striv there during the pregame interview, it's kind of been an issue in the last week or two, but, you know, it's, it's basketball. You have them, you've coached basketball in the past. You have them, them, them hills and valleys. That's for sure. Uh, it, it all should level out at some point in time, and we haven't been very hot recently, so maybe it'll start picking up, but we know confidence has a lot to do with that as sure. well, so guys got to pick it up. Sure. Uh, let's just recap the fall sports. How fall sports here go here on campus? Uh, obviously, the football team uh, continues to do well under Coach Braun's leadership. They won the uh, bowl game that we got to play against the MAC Conference School at our old rival, St. Norbert, so that was a nice game to win to finish the season with nine wins. Um, developing some young runners in both cross-country programs, as far as I would say. Uh, same thing for the women's golf and tennis teams. Got some young people starting to develop. We had the newcomer of the year in women's tennis, so that was a nice recruit for Coach Dahlstrom. And uh, Both soccer teams, they graduate some seniors, but they return some really strong freshman and sophomore players. We had uh, Daniel Beach from Geneseo was the newcomer of the year in women's soccer, and she'll be playing in the second basketball game here today. So a mix of old and young. Good, good. I know that uh, it was such a fun ride the football team took us, and what a great bowl game to cover. Holy cow. It's an interesting process. Probably my least favorite part, I've traveled with track and cross country for years in Wisconsin. If you've ever had Cousin Subs or Soup, it's awesome. It's way better than Jimmy John's or anything locally, and they don't give the kids any sandwiches post-game, so I'm disappointed that the kids don't get to flavor the the Cousin product a little bit. I don't understand it. Yeah, you would think the whole place would be loaded with it. At least they just throw some wrappers out there and let the kids see the wrappers anyway. Should be. How about winter sports? How's they fall here so far? Uh, uh, things are going okay. I just ducked into the senior day and the swimming before the basketball game started and got to see uh, local Bob Foster's son, Luke Foster, from Galesburg swim. Callie Tate will swim yes. shortly here. She's set a number of school records for us already as a freshman. Uh, got a lot of local kids doing good things. I had a chance. I've had a chance many times to actually talk to Callie uh, when she was at Mama Roseville High School. What a, for one, what a delightful young lady, and what a fantastic swimmer. What a nice guest. Uh, she had some other choices, I think, and ended up deciding close to home was good, and we're happy that she did. I told you when we were off the air, I did a quick count in anticipation of this interview yesterday, and uh, I, in our six winter teams, I counted 36 kids that I thought were within an hour or very close to an hour in campus, and we want local kids and local parents to know that there's a lot of opportunity for them here, and we're glad to have local kids as well as those out-of-state kids. That uh, Mama College women's basketball team, which we'll have here coming up in the second game of a doubleheader, they are loaded with local talent. Knoxville, Mercer County, Anawan, lots of local kids. Uh, probably one of my favorite guys this year has been the progress of Gannon Greenman from Alwood. Uh, talked to him. He's just really been a, a consistent player for us after uh, playing, but not probably making his mark his first two years. And I asked him a couple weeks ago what he thought the key was, and he said just worrying about the things he can control and not worrying about others. Maybe there's a message for all of us in that from Gannon. I was proud of him. I talked to Coach Joseph before the ball game and during our pregame interview, and he was very, very uh, complimentary of, of Gannon's progress from last year to this year. Uh, body and skills probably very much the same, but confidence and consistency and productivity way up, and that's a – 
maturity thing that an intelligent young guy should be able to do. I'm, I'm really proud of what he's done. I've told him multiple times. Uh, Nathan Believa gave us a little update on the track team there in, in Grinnell. Of course, something you uh, headed up uh, <laughs> uber successfully through the years, and, and the throwers have already got some good good finishes coming in today. Yeah, Coach Woodard's pretty serious about the type of kids he's recruiting there. He's got large, really physically skilled kids, and he works them extremely hard to make them fit. So uh, got some local kids that are coming around really excited. Miranda Hersey and Delaney Rex wrote local from Farmington and Monmouth Roseville. Uh, lots of area kids there. Some uh, males, Mikey Iker and Adrian Outlaw on the men's team. Uh, a lot of local kids doing well. A lot of a lot of kids that I that I have said their name on the on the morning sports report quite a little bit actually. Hey, that should be the plan at, at Monmouth College. We should try to be contacting the best local kids, and we're getting our share of them and. Uh, we work hard out of state. We're probably still working on our out of state plan a little bit. We've got a lot of Florida and Texas kids and I don't know how many local fans would know, but if you look at national federation of high school sports data, uh, four times as many kids playing sports in Florida and Texas and California as there is in Illinois. We know, uh, enrollments declining in Illinois. So we've got to look out of state for quality kids as well. I, uh, I've actually had, uh, I've had Delaney, She's been, she's been a game engineer for us here at the Prairie Communications Sports Network uh, uh, many times. I've had Delaney in my ear many times. She's also a delightful young lady. She's made great progress as an athlete, uh, maturity. She's always been uh, a, a great kid, but her maturity and her confidence coming through, she's going to be one of the team leaders for our program on the women's side for sure before she's done it. Probably is already. Coach, thank you so much for joining me here at the Halftime Show. I super appreciate getting caught up with everything going on with Scott Sports. Good to see you again. Thanks for what you do for us at the radio station. And uh, I know Vanessa's always a loyal fighting Scott as well, so we got to keep keep her mentioned. Thanks. She, she mentions her, her, her uh, skill level she had here at Mama's quite a little bit for us. So. She, she could play for yeah, sure. Thanks, man. You bet. That's Director of Athletics Roger Hayes here on the halftime show of our men's game. We'll come back with our campus theme with Dwayne Boniper after a 30-second break. Welcome back to Glenning Gymnasium as we wind up our halftime show sponsored by LMP Insurance Agency for your auto, home, commercial, farm, and life insurance needs. Contact Rachel Kunkel or Julie Martin, 734-2116. I'm Sean Pipple. Joined by Nathan Believa. Got the stats. Second half's underway. Anything jump out at you before we uh, get started? With yeah, the I mean, that shooting percentage is uh, is pretty bad for Monmouth. You look at that. Overall, it's 10 out of 32, 31%. But six of those 10 makes are by Turner Plummer as they miss a layup. Blocked by the underside of the backboard to start the half. Monmouth running the four. Layup no good. A lot of contact there. Couldn't get it through for Declan Quinn and knocked the other way. So if you take out Plummer six for nine, the rest of the team is four for 23 from the field, and now it's a wide-open layup. Yeah, somebody's got to step up there and, uh, and and stop that drive. Yeah, I guess help on the backside there. He was uncontested down the baseline. Kyle Taylor, one of eight. Jordan Hill, 0 for four. Declan Flynn and Jason Huber, both 0 for two. Three out of 15 from three-point range. And here's a fire to start the second half for Monmouth. No good by Taylor. Rebounding minus five, and if it wasn't for offensive rebound where Mammoth is plus four, it would be even worse on that end. Turnovers are good. Mammoth's plus seven in that category. Here's Andrews for three. No. Rebound. Somehow Kyle Taylor got that away from the 6'9", Sean O'Neill. Holy cow. Kyle got some hops there and just got the just got good position. 
Jordan Hill went right at Sean O'Neill, missed two layups, and now Taylor hits the three. Going to, the, that. going to the Grinnell style deck with those two two point easy buckets. Let's kick that thing out for the three. We're down to six. Nice little start here to the first to the second half of the scouts. Got to keep this going for an extended period of time instead of just flashes. Oh, nothing you could do there. Boy, missing the easy. Missed shot. two of them. I was O'Neal. two at point blank range for the wow. six nine O'Neal. He's probably going to make those eight out of ten times. I'm just glad it was those one or two yeah. if you're a Scots fan anyway. Taylor, dribble drive, shot is good. Well, momentum here to the second half. Crowd's back in it. Great crowd here on this side of the gymnasium, for sure. Taylor with a quick 5-0 run. Down to four. He'll try a jumper. No, rebound, Flynn. See if the Scots can keep the momentum going. Down low, Plummer. O'Neal's not there. Now O'Neal's there. Blocked it. Plummer threw it off of a Knox player. It's out of bounds. Ooh, they're going to be bottom of the ball. Really tight call there in the corner. <laughs> Very interesting to see which way that one was going to go because it was a complete 50-50 call up here, man. Plummer double clutched to get it away from Andrews, but then that allowed O'Neal to catch up from behind and block it out of bounds or block it towards the out-of-bounds line. Yeah, if you're Turner Plummer, I feel good with anybody sitting in front of me except O'Neal. He lets uh, too much time for O'Neal to get back in the play. O'Neal just went to the bench. Dayton Derry in in his place. Plummer goes right at Derry, missed it down low, got his own rebound. Other side of the basket, that wouldn't go, but he gets fouled. That's going to go on Sean Gallery if it is at 21. Yeah, that's his third. For Gallery, the leading scorer for the Prairie Fire now with three fouls. He's got three. Nobody else has more than one on Knox. Monmouth has Declan Flynn, Max Maring, and Brendan McNally all with two. That'll make these free throws. Short. That's a 72% free throw shooter. Short on the first. Russell Wright, who had a very good first half for Knox, is back in. Get this one down to a one-possession game with a shot here. And, again, O'Neal off the floor. I don't know why he's off the floor so quickly here in the second half. And makes that free throw. Might have been just to get him some confidence back after missing those two bunnies and then uh, was kind of slow coming down the court after that, too, on the next defensive one. Almost gave Plummer the wide-open layup. And now Knox is going to call timeout. Monmouth with a nice run to start the second half. Down three with 17.09 to go. We'll be back here at Glenny Gymnasium on AM 1330 FM 95.7 WRM. We're back at Goody Gym, 17.09 to go. Knox with the timeout. And they have a 36-33 lead and the ball here. With plenty of time to go in this one. Looks like the same players out there that ended before that timeout. Nuasu has it up front looking for Malat. Couldn't get it to him. Instead, it's Russell Wright. Wright driving. Kicks out to Malat. Nice little step back to get wide open, and then didn't even get close on the shot. Right going for the rebound, and that's going to be a shot clock violation. Yeah. That's how bad the shot missed. It didn't touch any of the rim. Yeah, Coach Davis uh, cleaning his case, and it got, it got a little piece of rim. It didn't get near the rim, I don't think. No, it was uh, almost at the bottom of the backboard. Or maybe saying that the, that the Scots actually got possession and lost the handle on it, and that never happened either. Neither team had possession on that one. 
David Williams, three to tie. Got it. Nothing but net for David Williams. The momentum carries the Scots back, trailed by as many as 11, now tied up. And the crowd getting into this. Crowd, the fence, everybody in white and red in the gymnasium on their feet right now. Left side, Russell right. Derry. Derry back to right. Hands off Malott. Driving. Back to right. Back behind the back pass. Malott driving. Almost blocked in a shot clock violation. That definitely went off. Oh, wow. They count yes. the putback. He didn't hit anything. All the Mama's players were tapping their heads. So was Scott. So was Coach Scrimsett. Here's Williams, another three. Too long. Rebound McNally, or excuse me, Flynn. Back out Taylor. Over to Plummer. Plummer driving. Bucket good. High game, 15-25 to go. Now, the pitch was going crazy on that. But should have been a shot clock violation for sure. Because I know the Scots didn't have possession after that. It was, the offensive rebound came right down to uh, or the, uh, the uh, pass across the lane was, was after the time. Yeah, they're going to try to get it inside again. Nowhere to go. Nuazu, that's a charge. Huber went flying across the lane. The Scots' second half run here has came from the defense. They put the ball in the basket, which they've had trouble doing, but it came from this defensive end. I'm out. I'm out. Coach Davis going to try to get uh, a little, little order with this prairie fire here. We'll step aside, take a quick timeout ourselves. We'll see if it's a full timeout. We'll take a 60 second break and be back. 38 all here at Glenny Gym. Nathan, believe it's Sean Temple with you as Monmouth is caught up to Knox Trail by as many as 11. Monmouth has led for 9% of this game. That's it. <laughs> Quinn to Williams. Huber drew the charge on the last knock possession. Now back Williams. 15 on the shot clock. Right side, Jordan Hill. Hill, Huber. Huber driving, blocked, out of bounds. Monmouth ball, seven on the shot clock. Inbound underneath the basket. Nice take there by Huber. Still got time on the shot clock here for the Scots. Went to get in a super big hurry, but... Joshua Stewart is back in. Oh, they're still off the board here for the uh, current fire. Take advantage Hill. of that if you're Turner Plummer. Inbounds sure. to Plummer. Plummer sitting in the lane. Floater, no. Rebound, not. little short on the shot there by Plummer. Handoff. Stewart in the corner. Windham. Windham. Back up to Malat. Malat on Hubert. Traveled and was fouled at the same time. It's the foul. He came to a jump stop and kept on sliding, but also got pushed. Gannon Greenman in. Jason Huber out. Third foul on Declan Flynn. Keep him on the floor. He's going to be smart about it. Flynn's out there? No, Flynn came off. No, Flynn's still still out there. Huber came out. Greenman, Hill, Williams, Flynn, and Plummer for Monmouth. Here's Stewart. Stewart through the lane. No rebound. Greenman. Great defense by uh, David Williams on that drive. Greenman to Flynn. Flynn back to Williams. 14 minutes to play here in Glenny Gym. 
Hill. Corner three ball, Flynn, too long, rebound, not. Right, stolen, Flynn, layup, good. Stay with it, Declan, what is, stay with it. Mammoth leads for the first time since it was seven to five. And the bench is, is up for the sky. He took that three right in front of the student section, which is mostly baseball and football players in the first couple rows, and they were ready to explode <laughs> if that had gone in. Softball team sitting as a team behind our bench today. Here's a three ball. Good. Knocked back up top. 41-40. Just the second triple there for Aiden Derry. He's already doubled his season average. Here's Plummer. Fakes the three. Driving into the lane. Out to Hill. Hill dribble drive. Baseline jumper, no. Rebound, knock. Tough shot there by Hill. Still had plenty of time on the shot clock. And layup is no good. That did everything but fall for Malott. Here comes Williams. Scott's down one. Williams into the lane. Over to Flynn. Flynn back to Williams. Spot up three. Short. Rebound. Knocked. They're two on one. Do it too far ahead. And that's good defense by David Williams. He used his body to just get in the way so Knox couldn't get to that ball. What a great basketball IQ play by David Williams there. Knew he probably wasn't going to outrace him, but he used his body to shield it and let it go out of bounds. That's, a, that's just a great basketball IQ play. O- O'Neal and Gallery both back in for Knox. Williams and Flynn go out for Monmouth with Maring and Taylor back in. Here's Hill. Hill, dribble drive, layup, no. Rebound, O'Neal. Thought he got a little contact there, but no call from the official, and I, I got to probably tend to agree. Here's O'Neal, blocked, and a foul called. I think that's Maring with that foul. That'll be Max's second, at least in my book. No, it's third one. I missed one there in the first half on Max. He thought he got the block. He did not. Just a 50% free throw shooter in uh, Sean O'Neill here. So probably a good foul because that's probably a uh, layup for for, for uh, O'Neill if he doesn't get fouled. He did miss. Into the ball game for the Scots. Comes Brendan McNally and having a seize. Marion with that third foul. Marion was not out left. there very long. One out of two for O'Neill and that's his season average. Got that free throw to go. Now 42-40 with the lead there for the Prairie Fire. Greenman gives it up to Plummer. Now back to Taylor. Lost the handle. Got it right back. Taylor. Taylor dribble drive into the lane. Out to Hill. Thought he was going to pull the trigger there. Did not. And it's Jordan Hill again. Hill. Try it too. Good. Looks like that wanted to pop out on him, but it didn't. Good, good, good job by Jordan Hill to get that. Uh, that's his first points today, amazingly. First field goal for Hill. Now it's 42 all. Back. It comes to Stewart. Now Nuazo to O'Neal. Back to Stewart. Dump it down low. Gallery. Right back to Stewart for three. No. Rebound kept alive by Knox. Back up and in. So it was the offensive glass for Mama first half. It's been the offensive glass for Knox in the second. 
Now O'Neal using that 6-9 frame to go up and get that offensive rebound. And the putback. Greenman, Hill. Back. McNally thrown inside, knocked out of bounds by O'Neal. And they will bring Cole Andrews back in. Prairie Fire by two, just under the 11-minute mark here in the second half. Nice run by the Scots at the start of this half to get themselves back in it. Now you just got to finish. Taylor into Hill. Hill. Gets a screen from Plummer all the way in. Layup. Good. Jordan Hill with four straight mama's points. More aggressive that time. Leading score for the Scots, not by a whole lot. They got a lot of guys that average between 9 and 12. It's good to see Jordan Hill get going here in the second half. Gallery has it for Knox into the corner. Stewart back up top, Andrews. Now Stewart. Three ball is no good. Rebound. I think that the Scots hit each other, and then a collision in the lane by Knox. They turn it over. Taylor, Hill, Hill, layup. Good. Oh, he called a charge. He was inside the arc. He was well inside the arc, and Coach Chris has got to be saying the same thing. He was well inside that uh, no-charge area. Oh, wow. Wow, that's the circle I I pray every broadcast I do for high school basketball that they would get at the high school level, and he was well inside it. Timeout, Mama, just so Coach Chris, I think, can yell at the referee. (laughs) An official appreciation. (laughs) He is. He is, he's letting them know the how much he appreciates the referees and officials' appreciation week. <laughs> the referee who called that charge won't come over and talk to him, though. Yeah, I, that, that's, that's a curious call there. But we are tied at 44 with 10.07 to go. 30-second timeout. We've, uh, we've, we've stayed inside the timeout, so we'll just keep it here. We'll just keep it here. Yeah, Jordan Hill with the last four points for Monmouth and wanted to have six, but they called that charge. Second foul was so upset about the play at the other end where they thought it was a foul on Monmouth. Their coach was yelling at the trail referee. Meanwhile, the referee up ahead was calling a, making a call that got Coach Crimson yelling at him. So, <laughs> And again, like you mentioned, on official appreciation week. But it doesn't matter how much you appreciate it. Coach 50% Chris, of the crowd is going to like it, and the other 50% is not. Coach Crimson still can't get that one official to come talk to him. He's at the opposite end now on the baseline. It has never gotten within... 20 feet of Coach Scrimsteff is blowing that whistle. <laughs> he's he's got to come by him eventually here. Eventually. Here's O'Neal at the free throw line. One dribble, shot up, no good. And rebound Andrews. They get another offensive opportunity. O'Neal just barreled into the And now you're going to get a touch foul on Turner Plummer coming over the top of O'Neal, who went in there like a, like a, just a madman to get that offensive rebound. Same, uh, same referee, and Coach Krista still kind of eyeballing him. They lob it in. Gallery layup is good. Yeah, seats kind of parted there for Gallery. And first points of the second half for, for Sean after, what, eight points in the first half. Here's Plummer on O'Neal. Goes right at him. Foul called on O'Neal. Well, I'd like to have let that kind of continuation go just one more step before you blew the whistle and you probably get two free throws out of it. Team's third. 
now he finally gets a shot at the referee. I think they called the charge down on the baseline as Coach Joseph. But it's one of those situations, you know, at this point in the game, you can't afford a technical, but you've got to. Three ball, too long. Rebound Hill. He threw it right off of the Knox player's head and didn't get the call, though. Oh, wow. I I honestly think that uh, unless he got rid of it before he came down, he came down out of bounds. But with the with the indecision between the referees, I don't think they've seen that part of it. I think they just missed who that was down off of. Interesting here in this mid part of the second half. Good steal by Kyle Taylor coming in from behind. And a foul on Enwosu on the shot. Taylor will go to the line. It's the third foul on Enwosu, who I haven't seen a whole lot of here in this ballgame. Average is nine points, just four, but. Kyle, 71% at the line, has uh, shot it better earlier in the year than he has as of late, but he knocks down the first here. Coaches, kid, they, they automatically shoot good free throws, right? <laughs> Mom is six out of eight today now. Knox is 11 for 14. This thing tied up, and finally. Backboard rim, hung on the rim, and falls in. Scott finally started to get some rolls because they didn't get any shooters bounces in that first half. It'll be a fun nine minutes here at Glenny Gym. And a foul is a charge, I believe, on Knox. And, and that is the, I think it's the same official that missed the, uh, that missed the uh, charge call on this end. So maybe a makeup call. Four fouls now That's on gallery. gallery. The leading scorer coming in for the Prairie Fire with his fourth foul. Now Coach uh, Davis has a decision. Yeah, you yeah, got to go out. out. Now, hey. 8.57 left. Gallery doesn't want to come out, but if you're Coach Davis, you've got to get him out here with plenty of time left. Russell Wright came in. Mama put Flynn back in. Williams as well. So it's the four starters plus Gannon Greenman on the floor. Taylor, Plummer, Williams, and Flynn. As Jordan Hill goes out. Here's Taylor. Williams. Dribble drive. Baseline. Greenman up and under. Good! And a foul! Cannon Greenman with the yeah, nice shot fake on the on the near side of the room and then just a little reverse layup to draw the foul and the bucket. And Coach Scripps, even though he got that call, is still unhappy with something. <laughs> it is going to be Greenman to give the Scots a three-point lead, and it's been a while. I'm not sure the Scots have had a three-point lead today. Uh, no. It was 7-5. It was 2 nothing. then down 5-2, then up 7-5. And they got to ride this one. they got to finish it out. You've got yourself the lead. Now you've got to finish it out. Jumper is in and out for Knox. They get an offensive rebound, and then it's ripped away. Flynn got his hands in there. Plummer leads the break, and Plummer charges. Yeah. That one wasn't even yeah. close. That's a charge. He put his shoulder down and just pulled over um, my lot. Yeah, well outside the circle, head position. That's a good call right there. And that's the third foul on Turner Plummer. Well, I've missed some fouls. That's where you got to get the ball up to a guard and then go down to, to uh, either get an easy two or get an offensive rebound. You get rid of that early enough, it probably comes right back to you. 
Scott still hanging on to the lead. Right to Malak. Back to right. Right out. Nuazu gives it back. Malak. Triple drive out to Nuazu for three. Good. Tied at 49. The uh, closeout by Declan's been trying to get that closeout, using all six, five of his brain to get, a, get his hand up just a little late. A little late on him, Wazoo. Taylor. Jumper, no. Kind of awkward off balance that time on the jumper, but Knox now can regain the lead. 7.20 to play. And a running three-pointer there by. Yeah. Oh, wow. Blocking foul. That's going to be four on Williams, isn't it? That's, uh, that's going to go on Taylor, It I is think. on Taylor. Yeah. You're correct. That's just his, uh, the first one, and at least in my book, yep, his first one, Kyle Taylor. But, yeah, just kind of got tied up there with him. Not a whole lot of contact, but just enough. Just enough. Both teams now in the bonus. 16,000 apiece. So, we got free throws for both ball clubs here the last 7-19. Non-player control foul, anyway. Down low, bucket is good for Aiden Derry. That's a tough matchup for uh, Declan Quinn, who can, can play solid defense, but matchup-wise, that's a tough one for the Scots with Derry and Flynn. Back to Hill. He'll try a three. Good! Jordan Hill gets the Scots back on top. Quiet in the first half was Jordan Hill again, the leading scorer for the Scots, but seven big ones here in the second half. Now you got to play solid defense on this end again, which the Scots have. And they get in the passing lane again. And a foul after the steal. That's going to go on, I believe, Derry. If it is, that's his second. Let's see what they put up on the board. And free throws for the Scots. Oh, they're going to give that one. Yeah, it is Derry, so that'll be his second. But the 17 foul. It gets Turner Plummer to the free throw line, which is not a bad thing for the Scots at 72%. Three for five today. Free throw is good. That gets the Scots a two-point lead. <laughs> oh, this has been a fun one here at Glenny Gym today, and it normally is with these two ball clubs. But, again, like we've been saying throughout the first half of the pregame show, this is much more important than the rivalry. It's, it's important in the standings today. 637 to play. Scott's back up by three. Plummer now with 19. Williams has 10. Taylor has 10. Hill with seven all in the second half. Plummer also with six rebounds to lead the way. One on one here from Nwosu has to give it up. Good defense by Jordan Hill. Windham, five on the shot. Left it short. Rebound Greenman. Had Williams. Samaring running the break. And layup is good. Greenman to Williams. Samaring. Ball barely hit the floor. And a layup for the Scots up five. Largest lead of the game for Monmouth. Great job of keeping your head up and seeing Marin running the floor. Great job of, for one, the big man running the floor and Marin. And a great job of recognizing it by the Scots. Behind the back pass. It comes out to right. Right down the lane. Blocked by Maring, but he couldn't pick it up. Derry's got it, lays it up and in. Great job by Maring. 
great block, but couldn't pick up that loose ball. Yeah, I just kind of got a little off balance after the block and pick up the uh, loose change there. 56-53, Knox will take a timeout. Get the 30-second break. We'll take a quick 30 ourselves here on the Barry Communications Sports Network. Welcome back to Gwinnie Gym. 56-53, Monmouth, 5.36 to play. We expected a game that would be right into the 70s, and uh, that's about what we're on pace for here. With 5.35 left to go. It'll be a little bit on the lower scoring end, but both teams have hit some big shots so far in this one. David Williams has it. Now Jordan Hill, 15 on the shot clock. Screen marrying. Jordan Hill, corner. Plummer for three. No, rebound, hits the ground, and picked up by Cole Andrews of Knox. It would have been Plummer's first three ball of the season. It would have been a great time for it. Now Knox can tie. Clock goes under five. Gallery back in with four fouls, turns it over. He jumped the pass. Greenman has it. The Hill in the lane and fouled. Greenman and Hill almost turned that over the backcourt, trying to decide who was going to bring it up the court. Greenman took it, got it to Hill in the middle of the lane. <laughs> Greenman and Hill kind of having a little chuckle there, a little, little high fire, a little low five between the two of them. Yeah, we couldn't figure out who wanted to run that little break. 72% at the line this year for Jordan. Four fouls on Enwosu. Fouls are kind of becoming a uh, factor here, at least down the stretch for the Prairie Fire. Yeah, he comes out. Guzzard back in. Both teams are in the bonus. Both teams have made 11 free throws today. Big thing is the score. Score on the scoreboard. Hill knocks down the second. A complete reversal. Second half or first half. Scouts have been at the free throw line a ton. Knox only been to the free throw line twice after getting to the free throw line a ton of times in the first half. Much better defense by the Scots with their feet, not their hands here. Left side, knocks with the ball, 4.35 to play. They dump it into O'Neal, spins on Maring. A little up and under, good. Strong he, move by O'Neal. Yeah, he gets that far into the basket, and you're just hoping he misses. Yeah, the whole thing is is not letting him get the ball that deep. It's is easier said than done. It's easier said than done at the high school level, let alone the college level. They have O'Neal on Plummer, which means Andrews is on Maring. The Scots go to Maring. Merrick into the lane. Now to Plummer. Plummer drives on O'Neal. Got him in the air. Couldn't get the bucket to go. And Andrews grabs the rebound. Knox can tie with a three. Under four minutes to go here in regulation. 58-55 Monmouth. Andrews. Gallery. Now O'Neal. 20 feet from the bucket. Back to Guzzard. Looked at the three. And that's a charge. Wow, illegal screen. Illegal screen, yeah, on O'Neal. I I was watching that whole entire exchange. I didn't see a whole lot there by O'Neal, honestly. Wow, that's a tough one on O'Neal. Didn't didn't slide out to catch the uh to catch a little bit more of the player on the on the screen, but second foul on uh, on O'Neal. And the player control foul, no free throws for the Scots. Too bad there. Both teams Actually, that's the yeah. They don't have they don't have a one and one opportunity now. It'll be two oh, for yeah. the rest of the way. He'll reverse layup, no good, and out of bounds. Malott when he grabbed the rebound, his teammate knocked him out of bounds. Andrews kind of gave him a hip check trying to get the ball too, and it went out of bounds. 
is uh, signaling something to the official here on on this on this sideline. And uh, I still don't think he's had. We got the call there. The, the Scott's got the call there, and he's still not happy with that official from earlier in the ball game. I've been happy with a lot of officials today. And they haven't done a, a terrible job, and I don't all. think, at all. No, there have been, you know, two questionable calls in my mind both ways. Two charges, one on each side, and then one, one non-shot clock. Here's Hill along two. Good. He broke ankles on that one, and that got the uh, student section going. 11 second-half points for the 6-1 uh, junior. Here's a foul on Mary. They had a bucket to finish my last point. They had a bucket that we thought came after a shot clock violation, but we had a bucket that they thought, and I agree with them, hit the wire and shouldn't have counted. So that's both ways on both of those. Uh, and Herring, uh, big big foul yeah, here. Four on Mary. Four. So looking at least my book, Turner Plummer with three, Herring with four, and uh, Flynn with three, the only foul trouble for the uh, Scots. Looking at the Prairie Fire side, four fouls for Nwosu and four fouls for Gallery. At the free throw line is Milan. And Missed them both. Both. Rebound out of bounds off Knox. Andrew Milan averages 14 and a half points a ball game. Does not have a field goal today. Four points all from the line. Great job defensively on Milan. A little full, a little three-quarter court pressure here. A little one-two-two, maybe a one-two-one-one. Hill spinning, almost traveled, found Williams. Now Merring, one dribble, missed it, got oh, fouled. Good because they missed the first contact that uh, happened against Merring, and luckily for the Scots and their fans, got the second contact. That's the third foul on O'Neill. So another. Well, two of them are coming in the last minute. He had the illegal screen, and now this one, he had played uh, most of the game with just one foul today. Coach Davis not happy with the call, but they missed the first bump, so he should feel fortunate they missed the first bump. But now it's two shots for the Scots the rest of the way out here. Free throw, good for Merrick. They're going to sub right in, and Malat is in, who also comes out. Scots and I, I dare say it on the no, air. All I, I could be kind of a kind of an on on air jinx, but the Scots have been money from the free throw line here in the second half. Shooting them well enough that Max Mary says there's not there's even the no such jinx. thing as a broadcasting <laughs> jinx, and Mary gets those free throws. <laughs> Seven point lead for the Scots. This is their largest. And a little discombobulated here on the offensive end for the uh, Prairie Fire. Mammoth trailed by 11 at one point, 34-23. Down low, O'Neal on Maring, and that's good. They went right at Maring with the four fouls. And timeout knocks. And he wants that foul called. He thought Maring fouled his guy as well. Timeout, though, called by the Prairie Fire. It's a full. It's a full. We'll step aside, take a 60-second break ourselves. We'll be back. Welcome back to Glenny Jim. Mammoth. On top here, 62 to 57, 219 to play. Jordan Hill gets it to Williams across the timeline. Now Plummer. Plummer going right at O'Neill and got fouled by O'Neill. That's his fourth on Sean O'Neill. Little reach in there on the way to the hoop. Yeah, I don't know why uh, O'Neill was arguing with that. I mean, it's, all he could do was foul Plummer there. Plummer was getting a layup out of it. The Scots have handled this full court pressure. 
very well and actually scoring on the back end of it, which is a bonus against full four pressure. Free throw, good. Getting some shooters' rolls. The Scots are here in the second half and didn't get any shooters' roll again in the first half and really haven't probably gotten a whole lot of shooters' roll the last couple of ball games the way they've struggled offensively. Huber back in, Flynn out. Free throw, good. Made a boat. Seven of nine today from the free throw line is Turner Plummer. Knocks across the timeline as the clock's going to go under two minutes. All the way in. Layup no good. He blew it a lot, but they get the rebound. Camps out in the lane. Finally kicks it out to Andrews. Andrews drives in. Gives it up to Gallery through the lane, and he's fouled by Greenman. All you could do there, spinning in the lane. I'm not sure he was going to shoot that, but he did get too deep in the lane. Well, I'll tell you what, Andrew, Andrew Malak, uh, boy, they, what's the, uh, I don't know what the uh, crown was up in arms over here. That's going to go on Jordan Hill, his third. Um, uh, Greenman, who doesn't have a foul, I think they would have rather the foul go on Greenman there instead of. I think, I think the uh, crowd was reacting to the, the knock player picked up the ball and shot like a 40-foot three-pointer, you know, well after the foul had been called. So, Under two minutes, Scott's, who trailed at the half by seven, 34-27, six-point lead now, pending the second free throw by Gallery. Made one, missed one. Yeah, and him. rebound for Plummer. Scott's just finished down. You make your free throws here with a, with a, a six-point lead. You're just going to make your free throws here with under two minutes to go. Even with the shot clock, it's going to come down to free throws for the Scott. Hill's got it now, looking for a screen. He gets that from Plummer. Hesitation dribble, long two. No, rebound. Oh, Flynn and Williams both went to grab that rebound, and they knocked it right to Wyndham for knock. A little bit too much one-on-one there with from uh, from Hill. Windham for three, no good. Rebound Plummer, he's fouled with, or they call it jump. Let's see well, what the call is here. Oh, yeah. Jump will. Give it to Mammoth, 117 to play. Yeah, a little bit too much one-on-one there from Jordan Hill on the last offensive end. Scott's got to move it a little bit better here against the uh, pressure that's surely going to come from the Prairie Fire. Hill and Taylor. They got two to get it across and do. Hill. Hill steps through the double team and had it knocked out of bounds. He went right to the sideline, and that adds as a third defender where he kind of got trapped over there. 104 to go now. Into into Hill. Knox trying to put pressure on him at midcourt. A lot of the hands on. Screen. Plummer, Hill, driving, lefty layup, no, rebound. This will be another ball, and that one's going to go to Knox. Battling for it, Turner Plummer, no surprise there, and Cole Andrews. Yeah, and again, that in, that entire possession was isolation and one on, one on five by Hill. Glenn's going to come out, Huber in. I certainly don't mind Jordan Hill going one-on-one with probably anybody on the court, but maybe not at this time. Yeah, Coach Joseph, I think, going to get things settled down here on the offensive end for for the uh, Scots, who still enjoy a six-point lead. It's going to be a 30-second timeout. We will uh, 
Uh, both teams are sitting out. Full timeout. We'll be back in 30, and we'll kind of set the stage here for the final 49.8. 64-58, Mama leading nine. Back at Glenny Gym, 49.8 seconds to go, 64-58. We'll see if Knox is going to start going for the three now or if they still look to get it down low and get something at the rim and they can extend the game by fouling. Scott they still, to go for two. Scott still with one foul to give before he gets to the double bonus, so he can catch him before the shot goes up. Just be a one-and-one one for for Knox. Scott's well into the uh, double bonus area, and it's possession arrow to the Prairie Fire. Today they have shot four of 12 from three. Deary has two makes. Nawosu and Wyndham have one each. Deary's not out there. Neither is Andrew, or excuse me, neither is O'Neal, so they might be looking for the three here. Without the big guy on the floor, no, they go right at the basket. Malat with the layup and timeout knock. With 39 seconds left, so they took 10 seconds, they scored, and they called another timeout. Malat's first field goal of the ball game, sitting on, uh, what, six points at least in my book. Six, or four-point lead for the Scouts with 39.2. We'll take another 30 and be back here at Glenny Gymnasium. A bucket for the Prairie Fire. Cuts the lead for Monmouth down to four, and... Now they've got a foul, and the five-point defense until Mammoth crosses midcourt. Try to trap, and if that doesn't work, go for the foul. Kyle Taylor is a 71% free throw shooter. David Williams is also 71%. Jordan Hill, 72%. Turner Plummer is 72%. See if there's a pattern there. And Declan Flynn is 88%, but only 15 of 17. He's on the inbounds, gets it to Hill. They double-team him and foul him almost immediately. <laughs> the entire – it was right in front of the Prairie Fire bench. The entire Prairie Fire bench was looking down, pointing down at the <laughs> line. They thought he stepped out of bounds. Oh, he called timeout. No oh. foul. Hill, Hill got double-teamed along the sidelines. He called timeout. So, full timeout. Two seconds came off the clock. That's it. It'll still be Monmouth Ball. Up four with 37.3 to play. Back in 30. Back here at Glenny Gymnasium, 64-60. Game one of our doubleheader. Both women's teams are standing at the door watching the interesting uh, end of this, this first men's game. It'd be a different story in the uh, second game here, whereas both teams in this men's game fighting for that one of those top four spots. The second game's going to be a little bit opposite. The, uh, the uh, Knox, Knox women, five and four, and the, the Mammoth women just be trying to play spoiler. At in, in conference play. Inbounds to Taylor. Now Williams back to Flynn across the timeline. Shifts it to Plummer. Dunks it home. Plummer with the dunk. 29.9 to play. The Scots have handled the pressure of the Prairie Fire just extremely well here in the second half. Three ball for Wyndham. Good. They're not going away. 66-63. 20 seconds left as Wyndham who is their most successful three-point shooter percentage-wise, knocks down the open look. That has got to be, I would think, I don't see timeouts remaining here for both ball clubs. That's got to be one of, it's got to be Davis's final timeout or really close to it anyway. He's taking a ton of timeouts here. It's a three-point ball game, 66-63 with 20.8 seconds left. Again, we'll have the women's game. We'll have a post-game show here for the uh, men's game and then, 
take a little break and come back with the pregame show for the women's game right here on AM 1330, FM 95.7 WRAM, Prairie Communications Sports Network. Happy to bring you folks from college basketball. Finally, it's a kind of a late start here for college basketball for the uh, PCSN. We'll also have the game in about, what, 10 days? So seems like a couple days yeah. in Gilford. Yeah. <laughs> here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. That's a Tuesday night, I believe. Casey Grant, I'll be doing some high school basketball game that night. Casey Grant is going to be over at the uh, college, be his first college broadcast. He's looking forward to that one from Knox College. I see James Clark, the uh, your uh, your uh, SID at Knox College across the way. Yep, they, they're doing their uh, their radio broadcast for their online version up there, and talked to James a little bit before the uh, the game started today. He was my old Legion baseball coach nemesis at Rova. I've oh, known, was he? I, I've known James for a long time. He was the coach. It, I, he might still be the coach at Oneida. And he'd be in the uh, well, he's an assistant baseball coach. coach for Knox. Yeah. yeah. I think he still heads up their Legion program in the summer. So I've, I've known James for quite a little while. But let's see if the Scots can finish this out for the free David throw. David Williams to the line here. Second foul on Cole Andrews. Yeah, they got, they got a number of guys close to fouling out here. So you have to pick your poison when it comes to a foul. They got to get. It's a two-shot foul, so you got to get at least one of these, make it a two-possession game. There we go. Williams seventy-one percent, but in conference play, even better. The uh, top free-throw shooter in the conference had eighty-two percent in conference games for David Williams. Second one, no good. Still a two-possession game, though. Here's Malott. 13 seconds left. Layup. Good. I don't think they have a timeout. They're not calling one. 67-65. Taylor is fouled. Taylor also above 70%. And the low is going to pick up his first personal foul. So at least, at least the guys not on four fouls are picking up the fouls. But Taylor can put things away here. Needs to get them both to make it a two-possession game. Got the first. Boy, the Scots, I've got a lot of colored circles on my score sheet here in the second half. They have just, they for one, they got to the line. Only got to the line three times in that first half. And even before the Prairie Fire had to start fouling here in the second half, they found a way to get themselves to the charity strike. Free throw, good. Got them both. Both. Out of both. Here comes no Knox fouls. with the ball. No fouls. They'll fire up a three. No good. Put back is good. They score with 2.2 seconds left. Huber's got to get it inbounds and calls timeout. Good timeout there by Huber. He had a couple guys that were flashing to the ball, but you don't want to take a chance there. Let's design something during this timeout and get somebody open here. You almost want to chuck it past half court and have somebody touch okay. it. Yep, just touch and it. Uh, they don't have any timeouts left, so even if they catch it, yeah, but that's a good call. We'll see what uh, Coach Griffith wants to draw up here. 2.2 seconds doesn't seem like a lot of time, but on, when you're on the floor, it feels like 30 seconds. 69-67 this day. It is a full timeout. We'll take a quick survey, come back for the final 2.2 here from Glenny Jim. 69-67 Mamas with 2.2 seconds left. 
Welcome back to Glenny Gym. Mama's got to get the ball inbounds here. We got 2.2 seconds left to go. Flynn looking to get it inbounds. Does get it in and fouled immediately is Taylor. 1.5 left. Seven tenths came on. Two would end it. This is one of those situations. They don't have a timeout. You make one, miss one. I say make them both, make it four, and then That's true. no matter what yeah. happens, right? And then nothing, just, nothing bad can happen when you're up four. Stay completely away from if if your uh, if your coach goes there, you could have your other four guys just sitting on the bench beside you. He would probably do that at this point. Preso good. What a second half by Kyle Taylor. Ten points in the second half. Or now you just get away from everybody. Yep. It's just if you, I could say, if your coach goes there, you could have him sit beside you. He would go completely into that far corner and just stay completely away from everybody because unless you foul, this thing is over. 70-67 to 67 for Kyle Taylor. Free throw, good. 71-67. Huber will sub in. And all Knox can do now is get the ball in bounds, and this clock is going to tick away. 1.5 seconds. Mama trailed by as many as 11. It's in bounds. They hand it off. Three-point attempt. Is good. They will count it, but it doesn't matter. Monmouth wins 71-70 and gets the victory here today over the rivals from Knox and picks up that sixth win in conference play. Trailed by 11 at one point and hold on to get the 71-70 victory here this evening. We'll take a uh, we'll take a two-minute break. Come back with a little post-game show. We'll update our conference standings and then. Take another short break and come back with the women's game. Doubleheader, Mama's College Basketball here on the Bury Mitigation Sports Network. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back to Glenny Gymnasium as we put a capper on this first game of our doubleheader today. The Scots get the uh, big 71-70 win. Uh, what a fantastic second half for the Scots, both offensively and defensively. They trailed at the halftime break 34-27. to and get a 71-70 win. So let's see, carry the two. That is 47 points in the second half for the uh, for the uh, Monmouth College Fighting Scots, a team that averages just uh, about just a touch under 69. So a huge second half offensively for the Scots, and it came from the from the free throw line. We'll get the live. We'll get the uh, stats from the uh, crew here at Monmouth College somewhere down the road. But let's uh, let's take a look at what else is going on around the. Midwest Conference and update the conference standings here. Uh, Illinois College is taking on Grinnell. That is number one versus number two in the conference. Illinois College at nine and one. Grinnell at eight and two. I uh, haven't gotten, they haven't seen a score for that one. That doesn't really, with the uh, with eleven games of the sixteen games played in the conference for the Monmouth College Fighting Scots, it would be hard to catch Grinnell. They do have a head-to-head win over the Grinnell Pioneers. However, uh, looks like Rippon has beaten. Has beaten uh, Cornell 70 to 58, so we'll update that. Rippon is now four and six. Cornell falls to three and seven. So, taking into account the uh, Illinois College and Grinnell College, we'll get a score from that a little bit later on. Uh, third place in the conference now is a tie between uh, Beloit College, who has a bye this weekend. It's the uh, odd number bye for the Buccaneers, so they are tied with Monmouth College now for third place in the conference so if the if the season ended today which it doesn't your your four teams in the conference tournament would be illinois college grinnell college and then both beloit and monmouth tied at six and five but a half game behind is knox and these two teams will play each other again in galesburg 
a week from Tuesday. We'll have that on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. There's games in between for uh, both of those uh, for both of these teams in between. So uh, the standings will be a little bit shook up by the time we bring you the broadcast from Galesburg. But as it sits right now, Knox falls a half game behind Monmouth back into fifth place with the win by ripping over Cornell. That puts them at four and six, a game game and a half back of the uh, final playoff spot. And then Cornell falls to three and seven. Tough loss for Cornell. That really hurts their chances. They can have a maximum of nine wins in conference play. That really really uh, hurts their chances. So Rippon hanging in there a little bit with, with the win over Cornell today. Women's game coming up next. The Scots improved to 12-8 and overall against 6-5 and in Midwest Conference play. Knox falls to 12-7 and overall and an even 5-5. Five and five. They have a game less played than, uh, than the Scots. Scots have their bye week coming up. Uh, I'm not sure if it's before the, Knox, the next Knox game or not. Again, waiting on the uh, final stats here from the snack crew, and we'll be able to bring you more of that. But coming up next is the Monmouth College women and the Knox College women. It's a women's game that's uh, a little bit different. A little bit, it'll be a little bit different than the men's game with Monmouth under first-year head coach Michelle Decoux. Hanolf has, has had some injury problems and trying to get her uh, recruiting established. She uh, is 2-17 and 17 overall, winless in the Midwest Conference at 0-10, and, and also first-year coach for Knox is Seth McDowell, 13-5 overall on the season. They are 5-4. and four. They're hanging in there for a uh, playoff spot. As we look at the standings in the women's, Knox is sitting in fifth place, just a half game behind both third and fourth place. Lawrence and Grinnell, and only a full game out of second behind Cornell, Ripon College kind of running away with it at 9-0, and but Knox hanging in there. So it'll be a case of Monmouth College trying to play spoiler over their local rivals in the uh, in the second matchup. I got a chance to get to chat with new coach Michelle Deku of the Fighting Scots. We'll have that during the pregame show. We'll see if we can get some stats sent over. Looks like there's some rustling going on over across the way. We'll Try to get those. We'll take a short break, and hopefully maybe by then we'll have some, some stats. Uh, again, your final score, 71-70. The Scots with 47 points in the second half, trailed by 7-34-27 at the break. It's a big, a huge win over the Knox College Prairie Fire, another chapter in the long-running rivalry between those two schools, and a more important one as far as standings go. We'll be back in a couple of minutes, and we'll see if we can get some, some stats here. Back here, back here at Glennie Gymnasium, your final score of the men's game, 71-70. to The Scots come all the way back from a seven-point halftime deficit to get a very important win in the Midwest Conference. Six and five now in conference play, 12 and eight overall. Again, Knox falls to five and five and 12 and seven overall. Leading scorer for the Scots, what a great game by Turner Plummer. 23 points, averages 10 points on the season. Over double his season average, 23 points. A lot of that came from the free throw line in the second half. Two, four, six, seven of eight from the free throw line in the second half alone for Turner Plummer. 14 points for Kyle Taylor above his season average as well. Jordan Hill just a little bit under his average at 11 points. Also 11 points for David Williams, pretty much right at his season average. Seven points for Max Merring. Uh, three points for Gannon Greenman. Two points for Declan Flynn. 19 out of 21 in the second half alone. For the Monmouth College Fighting Scots, they were 21 of 24 in the uh, in the entire ball game, just uh, two of three in the first half for the Scots. But boy, they got themselves to the free throw line even before they were forced to uh, 
to uh, go to the uh, Knox, forced them to the free throw line, trailing in the second half. But Scott's got to the line a lot and went 19 out of 21. That's a big, big ball game here for the Scots. They'll try to get a sweep with the women's game coming up. We'll have the pregame show for Monmouth College and Knox women's second game of our doubleheader here coming up. Thanks for tuning in to men's basketball here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. We'll be back.